Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're back here on the Adventures of Pipe Man here on W4CY Radio, the UEC Military Freedom Network, W4VET. K4HD and Hollywood Talk Radio, and we are here with a very special guest that I have on the show today. Uh, His name is Don Holbrook. He's an economic development economist that has worked for over 25 years in the area of consulting to local communities and cities on how to rebuild their economies to be competitive and how to attract more jobs and investment into their locales to not only sustain and grow their current local economy, but also further diversify them. He's a fellow member of the International Economic Development Council in Washington, D.C., and has authored 10 books in the field of economic development. Uh, His work and collaborations have contributed to the creation of over 50,000 jobs and over a billion dollars of investment during his career. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That's better than our president, I think. I think he should be president. So with no further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show Don Holbrook. Thanks, Dean. I don't know about the presidency, though. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, I love what you're doing. I, I'm a former financial planner. Uh, so, Very cool. So I kind of – I understand a lot about uh, that area, uh, which is similar to the area that you're in, and I think it's amazing what you've done for the American people and, and done for, and done for our country as a whole. And that may sound magnanimous, but you know, in economic times as we've had over many many years, you know, not just what the public thinks, uh, it's incredible that we have people like you out there that are there to help. Well, I appreciate that, Dean. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure and honor to serve, um, you know, our constituents here in this country. And um, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a fun career. It's taken me all over the world. And uh, but I've, my concentration, as you noted in well, your wonderful intro, uh, which by the way was very eloquent, and I do appreciate that, uh, has been to focus on our country and our jobs. I've been asked to go other places and look at other countries, and I've done that a few times out of fun, but. My passion is to create jobs for the American people and give us a chance to have a dignified lifestyle. And uh, that's been my focus for about 25 years now. I've had a good time. I love that because I have a few pet peeves, especially being a former financial planner. One of my pet peeves is the fact that we are creating an economy that takes jobs away from the U.S. Nobody wants to really admit it, but 
you know, I get so upset that every American company, because I only deal with American companies. I don't hire people in India. I don't hire people in the Philippines. I get requests all the time, and I refuse it. I don't care how cheap it would be. Uh, I want to keep the money here in our country. I want to keep the jobs here in our country. And if I have to pay more to do so, I'm all for it. And when I call these monster companies that I do business with and give my money to, like Comcast Cable, like Time Warner, like Microsoft, and I can never speak to somebody in the United States, it's really, really annoying. You know, sometimes I'll call like technical support for uh, Microsoft or some other company, and you get hooked into the Philippines or India, and when you ask to be transferred back to the United States, and I am calling the United States number, they say they do not have the capability of doing that. And that, that, that annoys me even more. Uh, not only that, but one thing that really bugs me is how numbers are manipulated to make things look better than they actually are. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, a lot of people that are layman's out there on Facebook keep uh, saying how great the economy has done since Obama is president because the stock market is at 17,000. And I hate to tell these people, but the Dow Jones Industrial 30 is 30 stocks that when one is performing badly, they take it out and put in a good one. It was designed originally for one purpose, to go up. And it is not an indication of the economy. It is an indication of speculation. And I, it amazes me that people are using that as a barometer for economic success. The other issue that I have is when they come out with the CPI figures, uh, the Consumer Price Index, and say there's no inflation. But, of course, those CPI numbers exclude food and energy, which just amazes me. How can you have a comprehensive economic figure that does not include the two things that Americans use most of all and use that as a barometer of inflation? So with that all being said, what is your opinion of the economic recovery as of 2014? Well, I'm, you know, everything you said is how the American people feel, Dean. I, I, I do a lot of, um, you know, I, I'm a trained economist, so, you know, I have all this tr- the traditional training of uh, any other economists, but my focus is on job creation in local and national economies. And, you know, there's a couple little things. I mean, one of the reasons I wrote the book, The Next America, which is out right now, the second edition, is so that individuals like yourself and myself and everybody else could really take this whole uh, discussion like you and I are having down to their level and say, well, what can I really do about it? And then look at what, if individuals act and advocate for things, the collective experience would be. The current economy, in my opinion, did not start getting healed until 2013. That's two years after the government declared, by the way, that it was out, that we were in uh, recovery and out of the recession. I don't agree with them. And the reason is, is that in order for you to be in an economy that's truly in recovery, you have to create more jobs than you're losing, okay? And that, in this country, that's about 160,000 jobs a month. Uh, until the uh, second quarter, I believe, of 2013, we never even got close to that number. We were in the 80,000, 55,000. Well, you know, so we're hemorrhaging and losing jobs, and not enough jobs are available for people. And we lost about, I believe it's about 8 million jobs during the uh 
global restructuring. We've not gained back anywhere near that. We're still pushing close to the million job number right now. So we still have a deficit of about 7 million jobs. So I don't think the economy is by any way means healed. I think it is starting to recover. And uh, to get to your point about Wall Street and the connection between the CPI and Wall Street and everything else, I totally agree with you. Um, Wall Street is a philosophical number that they put out there to give you optimism. And the whole, the whole market is built on a sense of uh, emotional drive, not so much monetary drive. And so you can't, I will say this for Wall Street, Wall Street recovered faster than anybody else in the, in the recession. They reinvented themselves and they fixed themselves uh, and got themselves going again because they're very good at it, making money. And, but that did not mean that the American economy was turning around. We've been, we lost jobs for five years. It devastated about 85% of Americans were negatively impacted in a very significant way, uh, either lost their house, had to refinance their house, lost their job. That's the biggest impact we've seen in this country since I can, any of us can remember, I can tell you that. And we're just now beginning to crawl out of it, Dean, and I think we're still probably 10 years out for a full sustainable recovery. And, and I and tend to agree with you. You know, the fact of the matter is, too, and a lot of things, a lot of things that people don't understand, and that goes for health, too. If you have done damage over a period of time, you cannot fix it overnight, no matter what it that's is. Right. And that's right. That's exactly right. And that's why we keep having problems is because the American way is the quick fix. So the same people that lost in stock market crash years ago are the same people that lost in the real estate crash, which are the same people that are going to lose in the gold and silver crash that will be coming. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and the, the problem, and you just hit it on the head. I mean, the bottom line is in my, in my book that I have out right now, um, I talk about this being a transitional period in American history. It's a gonna, it's gonna be at least a 10 year transition because you can't start the transition game until you start to see things that are actually being fixed. And my argument right now is I haven't seen any fiscal policy that's been correct that's going to correct the situation. Um, Obama likes to talk, and I'm not here to bash Obama, but I, I, any president that's in, I'm going to criticize, will give at least some constructive review of. He always said that he came in and inherited a, a pretty bad problem, and he did. And then, and then his argument then is that's his, that's his justification for not doing it. So my argument is you made it worse. You didn't do what you needed to do to fix it, and it's still there's not been a change in our underlying fiscal policy to address what causes these problems. Until we do that and make those changes and we as the American people advocate for the things that need to be done to fix our economy and fix our own quality of life and fix the American dream, which, by the way, is in great jeopardy, there's not – we can't start the transition until I see things being repaired. That hasn't, that hasn't happened yet, Dean. So we are still in the throes of a second hit coming another wave because we don't have any preparation for it. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, one of my things you hit on another one of my pet peeves is, you know, forget who's president, whether like him or not like him. But, you know, enough of the blame game already. We're how many years in and still going to blame? I mean, even if it is somebody else's fault, the only way for anything in life to get fixed is to take responsibility and take action. You know, blaming doesn't do anything. And then. 
you know, we have these American people that all are jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people I have said to me recently that forget Bush. They're all saying that they, we're, what we're experiencing right now is is because of Reagan. And no, I'm no. thinking to myself, people, let it go already. You know, just because you didn't like Reagan, I, I, you can't blame him for the next 200 years for what happened. I mean, if we're going to do that, let's blame George Washington. It, probably this economic downturn we're having is because of him chopping down the cherry tree. I don't know. Well, you better throw Roosevelt in there. Because I'm going to tell you that, you know, he'd been the biggest Ponzi scheme there ever was. Oh, yeah. So, but, but the bottom line is, you know, you're right. Each president has their faults and their good points. I mean, um, I'm a I'm a huge Reagan fan. I mean, he made some mistakes. I mean, he made some mistakes on the trickle-down economy. I don't agree that there's a trickle-down economy. It's trickle-up, by the way. All economic growth starts locally. It starts with somebody doing something. Uh, and if the feds want us to grow... They have to fix policies that get in the way of growth. And our current tax code is horrid. It was invented in medieval times by kings, you know, for their benefit. Um, and when we realize that we need a fair tax and a tax that actually works, and, a, and by meaning a fair tax, Dean, I mean a tax where we don't give 52% of our revenue as an individual in some form of a tax to some government jurisdiction. Right now, the government's as a whole, get more of our income than we take home to our family. That's just sinful and wrong. I'm just going to tell you that. If you want to get growth in this country, you've got to come up with a tax code that's fair, easy to do, and that's at point of purchase. Because the bottom line is, then we can do it. Everybody who participates in our economy, whether they're legal, illegal, tourists, or whatever, is going to pay their fair share for being in the United States and benefiting from this great country. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's funny that you should say all that because, you know, the bottom line, one of the biggest, in my opinion, uh, scams out there is the fact that we have bought into this whole thing of this country was developed on a whole different purpose with taxation. And I think all that really happened was is this country was formed with the basic knowledge of what they knew, the taxation that they had where they were leaving. And somehow they transferred it. Exactly. And somehow we believe we're different and we're not. It, it was it, it was just transferred over to a different country. That's all. Well, I mean, the American people know that there's things wrong. I mean, I've, I've spent, you know, thousands of hours interviewing normal people. They know we need term limits. You know, when 85 percent of the people want term limits, why don't we have it? Uh, they know they want a fair tax. They know the IRS should be abolished. It's the most overzealous uh, agency with no oversight and no accountability I've ever seen. The IRS is one of the huge reasons where it didn't go into, into recovery because not only did the, all the small businesses get pummeled, then the IRS came along and pummeled them some more and said, I'm not going to cut you a break just because you lost three quarters of your business. And they started imposing penalties and taxes and all the, on the entrepreneurial economy for not being able to keep up. And now they won't let them dig out. I mean, so you've got one agency that's a huge thing. I mean, I said in, in, in a recent article and it's in my book, the greatest economic development feat that this country could do for the 21st century is abolish the IRS and create a fair, simple tax that could be paid at point of purchase. And you'd see the, the huge growth of this country's potential. We'd have a huge influx of people from around the world that are bright that want to live here in the most safe country in the world with the best economy. 
So there's your economic development tool. Get rid of the IRS and come up with a fair tax, which, by the way, is very simple. It's at the point of purchase, and people would pay it no matter who they are, where they're from, illegal or legal, and we would grow. And I do want to hit on one other thing, Dean, that you said that's a really hot button for me. You talked about creating jobs in America. I get a lot of flack from people. When I go to the grocery store, I'm just going to tell you how simple it is. I go to the grocery store, I go to the bank, I walk in and talk to a live teller. I refuse to use the automated systems of the grocery stores, of anywhere. And then when they ask me, even their own tellers, they'll ask me, why do you do this? I said, because I'm keeping you employed. If I use an automated system, they're going to keep getting rid of you guys. Yeah. And they all look at me like, wow, it's as simple as that. We have to still keep the humanity in commerce. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. As somebody who runs a new technology firm, I mean, we're internet radio. Everything we do is technology. I still use old school customer service. I still believe in personalized relationships with people. And, you know, where other uh, other competitors or mine are doing everything automated, I'm not. We I have an engineer sitting in front of me. We We do everything hands-on. Because that's the way it should be. Now, I do have a question from one of the listeners, and he asks, what can we do as individual citizens to help bring the economy back up? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, a big question, but I'm going to give you some simple things. First off, the first thing you can do is you can vote. I mean, we as American people have to realize if you don't vote, you have no voice. And you, you really don't have any skin in the game if you don't vote. Um, and I guess the best way, if you want to impact the American economy, uh, is do things like you're doing, Dean, and employ real people. I mean, when I produce a book, people don't realize I have 16 different people that work on a book that I employ. Not all full-time, but I pay 16 different people for their talents. They're all here in this country, um, and they help me produce a book, and that's, that's driving commerce. Anything you can do to employ real people and keep the humanity in your interactions is going to help you employ people. But the greatest thing you can do is to vote, and I would tell you this, if you don't know what these politicians stand for. You have to come to one conclusion. They're all part of the problem. And so the only way we're going to fix this is, to, is term limits. And they're not going to voluntarily accept term limits because they're all living like rock stars. So what you need to do is every time you vote, vote against whoever the incumbent is. That'll send a really clear message across this land. And when they figure out that we're pretty ticked off as a status quo, I think you'll start seeing changes. Then when you get political change, you can make economic changes, Dean. But until we get that accountability back into government, we can't make the economic changes, which the first one that you know I would advocate for is get rid of this medieval tax system that's overzealous and, and has burdened and held back our economy and put a flat tax in that's fair and simple, which, by the way, would be way less than we're paying because everybody would be forced to contribute. And that means we're going to catch that 20% of the black economy the economy that nobody sees because it's cash. We're going to catch 20% more money by doing that, and that's going to help everybody. We're also going to catch the tourist economy, and we're going to get the illegal immigrants. So what happens is we all get to pay a fair tax, and it's paid at the point of purchase, and there's no more wondering how much we owe. And by the way, the government comes out ahead because they make more money, and they get it instantly instead of waiting and hoping that we can pay them. And I think that's probably the greatest thing we can do. But if you don't vote, you're never going to make a change. Absolutely. What great words of wisdom. Tell me, how can people uh, find you, get more information on you, and most importantly, how can they get your second edition of your book, The Next America, Thriving and Surviving in an Unpredictable Economy? Well, um, 
you can always go to my website. It's a pretty simple address. It's just economicdeveloper.com. I've had it since 1990, so I guess that industry is a little upset with me that I have that, that acronym. But uh, economicdeveloper.com, and all my books will be listed there, all my stuff. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, um, I'm on everything just about. But just make sure if you're going to get the latest book that when it came out in 2014 that they get the second edition because there is a first edition that came out in 2011 uh, where I talked about uh, the, the impact of the global economy. Um, and as you, you probably know, Dean, that in 2007, I was on Fox and I told them that uh, we were going to have this huge recession. Everybody kind of laughed at me. And of course, three months later, we got hit by the tsunami. But um, I guess it, the easiest way is just to go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any bookstore that you can find. I'm listed about everywhere in the world. Uh, and just uh, look up the Next America uh, on Holbrook and you'll, you'll find me. You know, and, that, and what, something you just said is one of the reasons I'm not in the financial business anymore because people don't listen. They're so brainwashed. Uh, I have two scenarios that ha- happened that really were defining moments for me. One was the fact that uh, two days before the stock market crash, I actually predicted it, called all my clients, called everybody I knew, told them all to get out of everything. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. I know. Even I have a brother who is ultra conservative and a financial player himself. I called him up. And I'm like, Get out of every stock you own because I knew all the stocks he owned. And he's like, why? I'm like, because I'm looking at the charts and it's about to fall off a cliff. And he goes, yeah, but the fundamentals. I'm like, what fundamentals? None of the stocks you own, these companies are not making any money. It's all fabricated. So even somebody like him who is a professional and a conservative professional bought into the bull crap we are being fed. And then next thing you know, know. there you go. And then the other thing is at that time, I also was putting my whole book of business of clients into gold, into $150 gold options. Uh, And it was the hardest sell ever to convince people to do that. The government regulators came in my office and tried to harass me for doing that. And even though they looked at my books and all my clients that were in them had quadrupled their money already, uh, they were trying to slap injunctions on me for putting people in the gold market uh, that I was screwing people over. And I'm like, they made four times their money. They already got the original investment back in their pocket. Tell me how I'm screwing them. And uh, yeah, that's how the government is. I mean, they've been a big reason we stayed in this whole recession. I mean, the government policies or lack thereof is one of the reasons that we, you know, the jobs committee for the president didn't meet for almost a year. I mean, I think that's just ridiculous. But one of the reasons Dean and I wrote the book is that if you don't know what you're advocating for, it's really hard for you to intelligently advocate for change. So first and foremost, the American people need to understand the simple changes that and they're not draconian changes. They're simple changes that we need to all advocate for. And if they understand that, they can inf- they can then make an opinion and enforce their opinion and put it out there and make change. But if you don't know and you're just voting party politics, then you're part of the problem. Oh yeah. So I always tell people you have to know what you're advocating for. So in the book, The Next America, I lay out the things that I think most of people agree that we should advocate for. And I'll tell you, with social media, Dean, it's a lot easier for people to really make their point with all these politicians and all the influencers because you can really touch a lot of bases with all the different social media that's out there. And a pretty simple 
pretty simple timeline, just a few minutes a day. And if you care about your future, your kids' future, and the future of this country, you better step up and start saying stuff. Because if you don't, we're going to get a country that's not going to look anything like what you and I had when we grew up. Agreed. And what a great note to go on. You know, stand up, people. Speak up. Vote. You have the control. Take the control. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio.